Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Refining Religion. Uh, my name is Cameron, and this week I am flying solo when it comes to hosts. Uh, Berlin is taking a little bit of a break as he has a busy week because he is a popular and busy guy. Uh, this week on the podcast, I have my dad, Gordy Cox, on, uh, which is super excited. I'm super honored to have him on. Great guy. Some really powerful material in this podcast. Uh, if you can, try to listen to the full 30 minutes. And uh, if you have any questions or, or, or want to see the notes, um, I'll be sure to write any quotes or books or anything that we mentions in the podcast notes below. Uh, and like always, if you have any feedback or just want to chat, uh, please feel free to shoot me an email that will also be in the podcast notes below. All right. Enjoy. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, I am here today with my dad, Gordy Cox. Hey, Gord. Hello. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, um, hello, listeners. It's really it's exciting to be here today for many reasons, but um, um, one, just to be here with Cameron and to uh, kind of do this together. Um yeah, I'm from Michigan originally. I grew up in a little town there, about 800 people. And uh, I still kind of consider that my home, uh, but we love living in St. Paul. and We've uh, lived around the country for different things. By trade, I'm a paramedic. And then professionally, um, I've been a professor of uh, emergency medical services for many years and have worked in the field of... Uh, um, education and EMS and uh, the accreditation world as well. So beyond that, um, life is good. I'm still here, which is uh, a good place to start, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So um, this week we're talking about the loss of expectation, whether it's from a physical ailment or a mental ailment or the loss of a loved one, uh, either it's happened to you or happened to someone else that you know. Uh, back in February, you had a, a rather traumatic life event. Um, do you yeah. mind, you mind talk, touching on that? Um, sure. I was at a board meeting in New Mexico, and I uh, had a near-death experience. I had a massive uh, myocardial infarction or a heart attack. And uh, um, fortunately, I was with the right people at the right time and the right place, and I got to uh, care and time and was um, spared. So I'm still here. I've got stuff to do and um, I'm excited. I think, you know, obviously I've been given some bonus time and uh, feel that God's got some more things for me to do before uh, time to head home to, to his house. Do you feel like that? You feel like um, without a divine intervention that, you know, you use the phrase bonus time, which is kind of inferring that without some sort of intervention, your, you know, life would have stopped then. Do you feel that that you're like renewed with a sense of hey this is this is almost a new purpose or, or passion that I'm finding in life? Yeah, that's a great question. And in the context of the COVID virus, it's uh, it's complicated and, and compounded probably as well. Um, I yeah, I, I to short answer yes. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. It's hard to go there too often because it's so real and uh, the implications are such that uh although i'm totally good with you know when this life ends of where i'm heading and and you know i i want to do all i can before that time and i and you worry about your family and 
you know, how things go after that too. So big, big wake up call to priorities, to expectations as we're talking about today and to just life in general, what's important, what isn't. And it's cliche almost that you have to go through something like that to really realize that. But wow, do we get, do we get entangled in our everyday lives? And with those come expectations sometimes that are unrealistic, you know, that um, I think of people that go to Disney World, you know, they save up all their money and this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And we used to live down there and we'd go frequently and we would see people with epic meltdowns right in the park because nothing could live up to those expectations, right? I mean, that it's too hot. Then it's too hot and, and, you know, hamburgers, $20 and all these things. But, you know, it truly is interesting to watch in others and in yourself the expectations that you have and where you set them and what, you know, by nature, we are people that want to do well and do better and achieve and, and we find identity in that. And sometimes that can get, that can be complicated and can be um, even self-destructive sometimes. So. Now there's nothing wrong with that. I find that liberating <clears throat> to chase being better, mm-hmm. you know, never stop moving forward. But I think it's ultimately the goal they're moving forward to. One thing is this is not your first heart attack. This is your second. Did you feel this way, the way that you do now, before you had that first heart attack? Do you feel, are your priorities now where they were before, uh, you know, you were really faced with mortality? And the follow-up is, you know, a little bit ago you said that you were okay with when you die and it could be at any time because you're confident where you're going. Did you also feel like that before the first heart attack or was it this, you know, very intense Mm. life event that, that caused that shift? That's a great, great question. I think I did feel that way before, but it became more real this time. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting thing that it's all about perspective, right? So if you think that, this life is not the end all of end alls and that we're just, you know, it continues, but it continues in another place. It really is an interesting concept, you know, and that we live in the same narrative, the same story from the beginning of time until now, right? Which includes the Jesus coming and, 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 we're in his story, right? So, I mean, uh, we are citizens of a kingdom, when we believe in him and it's a a near-death experience will really bring that into focus and into reality for you which you know that's not a bad thing it's a gift Uh, many people don't get that and um i don't know i mean i have chased a lot of different titles and degrees and, and those aren't bad things it's all good um you want to give and do the best you can with what you've been given and God gives us talents and he gives us different things. And, and he, you know, I would think would hope that we would do the best we can with that, but let's not lose perspective on what it's for, I guess is the question, you know, are we filling voids or are we kind of living for him and trying to uh, do what he wants us to do in the kingdom? Wow, yeah, citizens of the kingdom. That's a pretty uh, powerful thing. Yeah. So 
you've had a long career in emergency medicine that has manifested itself in some pretty cool ways. You're a paramedic. You're a flight medic. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's top gun almost. Um, (laughs) I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, in your late twenties, you were riding helicopters and driving a Ford Mustang. That's pretty darn cool. Oh yeah. My question is, you know, in that line of career or that profession, you came face to face with death and some of the worst things a person can see every single day. Yeah. Did that play a part in your faith? Either did that wear on your face and show you truly what humans can do to each other in the worst way? Mm-hmm. And then the flip of that, did, you know, did it boost your face where faith where you, you know, you, you see the, the good in people? Yes, 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 yes. Um, all of the above. So it is a weird world when you are a paramedic, you do see people at their very best and at their very worst. And sometimes what people do to each other and to themselves is a weight that is very, very hard to carry. And, for me, without a faith, I don't know that I could have done it very long. Um, it's a continual lesson that God is in charge. He is over this whole thing and that people are, you know, we're a fallen race. We, we need a savior and uh, thank God we have one, right? So with that, um, it becomes much more um, manageable, right? <laughs> because otherwise you'd be like, some existential crisis that you would never, never come out of, I think. So, but with that, yeah, um, you know, our, our dad died when we were little, we were only nine, I was only nine. And, um, I think that gives you a real sense of mortality from that point on. And, uh, um, you know, and he, he had a heart issue. And so I always knew he died at 55 and I always knew that my time could come too. And it, you know, and it did, um, you'd asked me about prior heart attack. Yeah. I had a little bit of that, but this was exponential because of the severity. And, uh, I was literally watching my EKG change and I didn't know if I would make it to the cath lab, to be honest, because it was a horrific, seen, you know, and they finally turned the monitor away from me because they knew that I knew what was going on. And then, you know, I had all these medications I've been giving people for years to resuscitate them. I was getting right. And it was like, oh boy, I don't know that I'm going to make it through this thing, you know? So, but I wasn't fearful, but it was really interesting as a healthcare provider to witness that and experience it at the same time. It was, uh, very, very interesting experience. However, uh, I'm still here, right? So that's good. And life goes on and there's more to do and there's things to contribute. And did you pray? Oh yeah. Yeah. In those, in those moments. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I said, God, I mean, I'm yours. If you need me to do more stuff, I'm here for you. And if this is it, I'm, I'll come, you know? And so, uh, and then I prayed for all you guys, my family and um, everybody, you know, that everybody be okay, um, which is about as real as it gets in this human experience, I think, you know, when you think about all that. But, you know, I've been reading a book and it was really neat. I started this book. It was Richard Rohr. It's an audio book. I don't think it's in, te- in print, but it's called um, The Art of Letting Go. And it's a study of St. Francis. And wow, 
did that prepare me for that? And I didn't know, but I was going to go through that. But as I was, I read that and I was about halfway through when the heart attack happened and it gave me some very big strength. And ironically, Richard Rohr lives in Albuquerque. I had my heart attack in Albuquerque. I don't know if there's any significance to that, but it is interesting when you go, ooh, I don't know. I think some of this stuff's all connected in ways we don't understand. But anyway. So the flip side of that story is that yeah. that my mom and I, your wife, my mom and I, <laughs> yeah. were uh, doing a play, Frozen, at a church when we got a phone call from your boss yeah. saying that you had had a massive heart attack. And pre- Post 9-11, I did not think that you could get a plane ticket within the same day or within the same, you know, few hours. But it was 46 minutes after we got the phone call that we were at the airport and getting on the plane, which is just like (laughs) truly a phenomenal. We played an arm and a leg for the darn plane tickets, but it was truly phenomenal that we were able to get a plane ticket, get on the plane and see you that evening. Uh, And that, I mean, that was, that was a big deal. Oh, that was a great gift. I I took great comfort in the fact that you guys were coming. I really did. It was uh, I was in the critical care unit, but I was thinking, okay, they're coming, and all will be well, and they'll see that I'm going to be okay, or I am okay. And I was just worried about all that. I was worried about, you know, how you guys would take it if if I didn't survive. And you learned that when you landed, and all these things were. Um, you know, they, a lot of stuff goes through your head during those periods. But uh, a, a friend of mine, a physician, was with me when it happened, and, and he asked me, he works there in Albuquerque, and I, he said, where do you want me to drive you to the hospital, or do you want me to call EMS? And I said, well, how far is it? Because if it was across the street, yeah, drive me. Um, but if it's any further than that, let's get the ambulance, because, one, I didn't want him I really didn't know if I was going to go into cardiac arrest, and I didn't want to do that in his car and have him live with that his whole life, you know, and wondering if he should have called EMS. The other piece of that is it's all about time when you're having these symptoms to get to treatment, and uh, um, EMS can bring treatment to you, so it's much smarter to, to have them come. So surface level, yeah, this is an awful event, absolutely terrible. Take it one step further. This is this year you turned a year older than your dad would have been. Um, last year. Last I did. year, yeah, I did. So, at any point during this, did you think? I mean, th- this is what your dad passed away from. Did yeah. did that come across right. at at any point that hey, oh, yeah. this is yeah? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I kind of knew my time could come. I really have always thought that ever since I was nine years old, right? Um, in fact, my brothers and I have all shared that with one another. We didn't know that. We never talked about it. But recently we talked about how we all have had a heightened sense of our mortality throughout our lives, you know, after after our dad died. Um, it was a, that was a tough one. You know, it was Easter Sunday that we went. Our parents had divorced uh, um, a few years earlier, and we went over to his house to hunt for Easter eggs. And uh, we found him. He had died in the night. And... Um, that was a tough day. So with that, we all, though, carried with us that day. And it's interesting. That day definitely impacted our lives going forward, too. Each um, each of us has gone into careers. My oldest brother's a retired emergency physician. 
my other brother is a is a pastor for some 30 years and then um, I went into EMS and teaching as well so that day I think was extremely formative in our uh, in our experience and what we became yeah. Sounds like a joke. A teacher, a pastor, and a doctor all yeah. came from the same family. Right. My my grandpa was quite a character, and he wanted me to be a mortician. And then he said, well, you know, you got a doctor, you got a pastor, and you, you guys can incorporate. He said, you know, and I said, oh, my word, I don't want to do that. But That's amazing. He was a funny guy. Yeah. Do you think there was anything that uh, – your dad left behind that he wasn't able to accomplish when he passed? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think all parents want to see their children grow up and be successful and, and do good things and become good people, right? Um, I think that he would have loved to have seen us graduate. And, uh, you know, you always hope that your dad would be proud of you, you know, and, and what you've become and, and what you've done. And, um, you got to live your life to, in such an order that you would hope that he would be. And, uh, um, you know, fortunately we've had a, an incredible mom who's guided us. She's got almost 94 and, um, still guiding us. Right. So, um, she really sacrificed her life to provide for us because she wanted us to have faith and to have an education and those two things were our ticket out of uh, some very, very humble beginnings. And, you know, um, thanks to, to her and my grandparents and Social Security, um, we we've kind of <laughs> were able to, to make it in life. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to do that little life review. And I would encourage everybody to do that. I would say, you know, that's kind of a healthy exercise. It's, some people have some very big, painful episodes that, that are in there, but we learn one heck of a lot from those, and I think it does frame our expectations sometimes. You know, it, it, it helps us to uh, think about what's important in life and what isn't, and uh, doing the right thing versus the wrong thing, and, and how do we best function, and, you know, as people of faith, how do we live in the kingdom and to our potential, you know, and that doesn't always square with the world and what that wants um, as far as what people see as success or, um, you know, power and money and those typical things. It's more about what have we done for others and, um, and how do we love our neighbor and um, how can we leave this world a little bit better than we found it? So, um, frame our expectations is what you said. And, yeah. then, and then, you know, you followed up with that our, our, uh, life should be, our life purpose should be devoted or at least should be rooted in some sort towards the kingdom. You experienced something early on in life that very much shaped, um, where you would go and your brothers, as we just talked about. Yeah. If someone has never experienced something like that, if someone does not feel the guidance of this is what I should do in the kingdom, like my faith is strong, but it's not strong enough to know that this is where I should be. Sure. How does someone know? How does someone? Yeah. You know, you ask, you, you pray for it. And uh, that may sound very simple, but say, God, what do you want me to do? You know, um, I'm yours. 
use me in however way you want and be open to things and uh, allow him to kind of lead you in that path and he'll do it you know he's he's the good shepherd we're the sheep and he will lead us into where he we want to be and where we want to go and and as sometimes we don't want to go home but you know but it's best for us and I think when we surrender that and we realize that what is our you know existence and is it here for us and to what we can gain and gather and remember Jesus said you can gain the world but lose your soul well, you don't want to lose your soul I mean you want to you want to you know uh, do all you can for the right reasons to to benefit others and and with that, you know, comes being people of the kingdom, right? I mean, always thinking about that versus all this other stuff. You know, we have record number of distractions these days, it seems like, with, you know, our telephones and text messages and our social media and our cable news and all this stuff that the world wants us to think and these narratives that we should believe. And um, we got to be careful. We got to be, you know... Um, Wise as serpents, but innocent as doves, right? And that's a very interesting uh, challenge to us, but not one we can do alone, I don't think, as people. I think we have to, we have to ask God and be guided by His Spirit to, uh, to achieve that one. So. A few podcasts ago, I'm going to say three podcasts ago, Verlin yeah. and I talked about how we always believe that there are still ways to communicate with those who have passed on, or at least there's like a sense that you can. Yeah. And I, I do, I thoroughly believe that your dad would 100% be proud of you and and where you are now. That's so kind. Yeah. And I think he'd be proud of all the, of all your, your siblings and, and your mom. I think given your circumstances, you know, 800 person town, not a single stoplight, one, (laughs) one room schoolhouse, you know, is, is literally, it's, it's an awesome town now, but, but growing up in it to see where you guys have come is quite phenomenal oh i appreciate that we were definitely high-risk folks you know uh, in the 70s there's not a lot of people had single parent homes and you know three boys and 70s was kind of wild time and so yeah we without guidance uh, that we had we certainly could have easily uh, gone to many other paths so would you do anything different you go back to nine years old from mm. from you know 57 to, to nine or nine yeah. to 57 would you uh change anything up oh boy um i don't know uh you know the narrative kind of is what it is you you don't get a chance to go back and, and fix it but you can i mean obviously if you've hurt people you should go back and and apologize or if you've done stupid things that you need to correct yeah at least try. I mean, not everybody accepts those kind of things, but you try. Um, but no, I don't know. I don't know that we need to be looking backwards too much uh, other than to make changes going forward. Right. So, um, I think it's more about, um, being people of the now and people of, of what is to come and accepting forgiveness, accepting grace, and accepting love and then sharing all those things with others is just critical, right? Okay, last question. Yeah. What was important to you uh, pre-heart attack, yeah. the, the, the last one, Ooh. that is no longer important to you now? You know, where, <laughs> where do those expectations shift? Wow. 
you know, this may sound kind of cliche as well, but I mean, there's just such value in the now, in the in today, you know, and, and hearing a bird sing and watching a leaf come out on a tree and and taking a walk and stopping to talk to a neighbor and just finding the wonder in all of that, right? Um, it's easy to miss all that stuff when you're running around and you've got appointments and you've got check your email and your text messages and, you know, oh no, what's this? What's that? We got to do this, got to do that. And then this kind of thing hits you over the head with a hammer and you say, why? Why am I doing all that stuff, right? And the, the virus has done that too. I mean, we're home. And in a weird way, you know, outside the economic impact, it's a, it's a blessing to to see what you need and don't need. And and uh, why are we running this rat race that we were in, you know? I think it's like the old example of the frog, though, in the hot water. You know, you put a frog in boiling water, he'll jump out, right? But if you put him in a pot and then you heat the water up slowly, he's going to boil, right? And um, he didn't know it. So he's so far in the forest, can't see the trees, you know, to mix some metaphors there. <laughs> but uh, I think that... It's just a time that I hope I don't lose that. I hope it's not a temporary thing, you know, but I hope I can just continue that and to find the, the joy in the moment and then others and look for, again, what's my role in the kingdom versus chasing after, you know, things of, uh, of what maybe the world would define as success or, um, but, you know, and, and people take that, really far and they'll end up demonizing everything in the world and you can't i'm not doing that i mean god made this place and uh he's also given us a brain though to discern and we got to think about those types of things as we uh you know move on about with our daily uh business and our interaction with others and and i think too i mean carving out some time to just be quiet each day and to to really take a break from the madness, you know, um, uh, it doesn't matter if it's the morning or the night or the middle of the day, but sometime during the day to be quiet and pray and, uh, you know, read, read some scripture and just meditate and let him speak to us. And I think that's how we live in the kingdom and, uh, not be distracted by all this craziness and, and unrealistic expectations. Well, powerful stuff. I think we're. Uh, I think we can wrap up. <laughs> okay. Appreciate. Didn't uh, mean to get too heavy there. No, that's great. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah Vulnerability it, is good. I, I. I think that in today's world, um, it is always better to over communicate to under, and being vulnerability connects us as humans deeper than we care to realize. And yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what's the risk? I mean. Uh, if this life is really what it's, you know, what's the risk? Uh, if we're, you know, really people of God and of the kingdom, then there is no risk, right? I mean, you just, we're already, I love it. We had an older man in our church growing up. He used to say, you know, Christians have a pretty good retirement program, you know, and he was <laughs> right. I mean, if you really believe that, then you're free, you know, you can just like, okay, yeah. 
I mean, it doesn't it mean you're going to sit around the couch and watch Netflix all day, but on the other That's hand, what I did you, yesterday. Yep. Yeah, but you're going to be able to live your life and not place these crazy undue expectations on yourself that are probably unrealistic and beyond achieving and uh, not even worth chasing anyway. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, life is... Um, is a gift and each day that we uh, have is a gift and you know let's let's use it wisely right yesterday is history tomorrow is a mystery but today is a gift yeah that is why it's called the present i love it that's from kung fu panda (laughs) i love it you know there's wisdom in those cartoons (laughs) I, i agree i think it's great so all right, well, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks for uh, swinging by. Yeah. Talking to us. Thank you, everybody. If you made it to this point in the program, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye.